Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is out. Jerry Lopez, also known as Indy Spanglish, filling hey. in for Hammer. How are you, my friend? Hey, doing great, doing great. Hopefully everybody's having a great Monday. I'm I'm having a good Monday because I'm, I'm seeing something finally out of DeSantis that I like. I mean, I like his policies as governor. I love the job he did in Florida, especially during COVID. His campaign has left a little to be desired, I think. Uh, but he is on the campaign trail in New Hampshire over the weekend and he's finally hitting back at Donald Trump. He was asked about Donald Trump's insults during this little forum that they were having in New Hampshire, and here's what DeSantis had to say. Follow-up for you, Governor. You get on that debate stage with Donald Trump, and he starts to belittle you. How are you going to respond? So here's the thing. These insults are so phony. These insults are juvenile. That is not the way a great nation should be conducting itself. That is not the way the President of the United States should be conducting himself. So I enjoy the debate. You know, the people in New Hampshire have been great. They're opinionated. Let's have those debates about the issues. I'm not going to insult somebody, somebody's looks or somebody's dress or something like that. Uh, I wouldn't teach my kids to treat people like that. We have a six, five and a three-year-old. We teach our kids to treat people the way you would want to be treated uh, yourself. That all makes sense. Some total, um, I've just been kind of waiting for that because in 2015, when Donald Trump was insulting stuff, was was using the insults and all the the nicknames, low energy Jeb, Lion Ted, whatever, that was new. That was novel. We hadn't seen a lot of that before. Well, now here it is what, seven, eight years later, and we're getting kind of the same stuff. Look, I don't think Trump's a bad guy. I, I If it came down to Trump and Biden, who the hell do you think I'm going to vote for? Right. But it's 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 nice to see DeSantis probably point out some flaws of the president, of his opponent. Well, definitely. President Trump's been able to just run over everybody, yeah. talking trash, like you said, Sleepy Joe, even the chance of locker up for Hillary. Uh, it's, been, it's made for good entertainment. Uh, the the question is at this point, you know, who's been able to stand up to that guy, right? And and it's nice that that the Santas is. It sucks that it has to be these two people because I, I, I like them both, right? But but somebody has to, and whoever's gonna whoever wants to take over for President Trump, carry the baton next, needs to be able to stand in the face of all that adversity. Uh, just just Trump is a guy. Just to, just he thinks that everybody. I mean, he he thinks he got DeSantis the job as governor of Florida, and he damn well may have. Right. Um. So because of that, Trump thinks that, well, look, you got to be loyal to me. You have your job because of me. you got to bow out and support me. I just don't think that's the way politics works. Well, DeSantis doesn't owe Trump anything. No. Trump Trump may have gotten him elected as in you were on the ballot when I was on the ballot um, so so that you won. But but DeSantis has done a heck of a job in Florida yeah. all by himself, you know, all by himself. So, yeah, I, I mean, good for DeSantis. But if you look at the polls... Is it too little, too late? That's the question. That is a big question. Here is a little bit more from this town hall. Governor DeSantis in New Hampshire hitting out on Trump's record. 
We got to stop with that. And here's the thing as Republicans, that will cause us to lose if we behave that way. There are millions of voters out there who do not like what Biden is doing to this country. They do not like the direction the country's going in, but they aren't going to sign up for a candidate who is behaving like that. So let's be better, let's look higher, and let's set a good standard for our children to follow. Was that the right clip, Allison? Was that number two or number three? Yeah, I, I needed number two right there. And you know, but but here, but, but but listen, that clip that I just played, talking about Trump's behavior, um, talking about the insults, talking about all that, and t- and mainly finishing up with that's why the GOP took some losses yep. in the midterms, and I thought that made a lot of sense. I agree with it completely. I, I've said, you know, Trump may be the, the the most light candidate on the GOP, but does that make him the most electable, right? There are There is a big, big group of the, pop, of the population that is going to show up the, the never Trumpers that are going to show up just to, yep. to vote against Trump, not even for Biden. And, and do those people show up if we get Ron DeSantis on on the ballot? I'm not sure. And then one more thing. Here's the clip. I is it you got the two lined up. This is this is hitting out on 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 Trump's record, which was pretty powerful. And, you know, one of the things I think about the former president, and I appreciate he did do a lot of great things and I was a big supporter, but he's running in 2024 on the things that he promised to do in 2016 and didn't do. He said he was going to drain the swamp. He did not drain the swamp, not even close. We ended his presidency with Anthony Fauci running the country. You couldn't even fire Fauci. And so now you're going to go drain the swamp. Give me a break. So, yeah, this and then he goes on to talk about how about, you know, he's going to get Mexico to pay for the wall, about how he was going to launch an investigation into Hillary Clinton and the emails and none of that stuff happened. And this is probably the best way to go about running against Donald Trump. 100%. If they if this if the 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 election or the campaign trail turns into January 6th, uh DeSantis has oh no boy. chance. He has no chance. But but I was looking at the lines. So somebody puts out the lines f- to be president, okay? <laughs> You're a gambler, aren't you? I am a gambler. You just, I won't gamble on this, but Well, I mean, I don't think it's illegal it's illegal to gamble on politics, so, is it? So so I'm sure. But the lines right now But pre- You're a degenerate though uh, because you bet on the You, you, you just got the tell me before we went on the yeah. air that you bet on the uh, Hall of Fame game, preseason yeah, did, game. Didn't even know the third quarterback. <laughs> didn't even know the third quarterback. But Joe Biden is plus 175 as the favorite. Okay. Trump is right behind him at plus 225. RFK at plus 1,200. Whoa. And this was why I bring it up. DeSantis is at plus 1,400, which is the exact same odds as Gavin Newsom. Wow. Think about wow. that. Wow. I would like to go back to 2015 <laughs> to see what kind of odds Trump had back yeah. then because he was he was polling at 1%. Nobody gave him a shot. Nobody gave him a chance. Yep. Where was Pence at? <laughs> was Pence in that line? I mean, he was so far down <laughs> that I didn't write it down. Yeah. He's below Vivek. He's below Haley, below everybody. Oh, poor guy. Uh, so I was sad to see. Look, I never root against America in sports. I'm always rooting. I, I, I didn't find this women's U.S. National team soccer World Cup. I, I didn't find them particularly likable. I thought they were cocky. I don't think they performed. They they were just average at best. And my wife's a big soccer fan. She played for uh, the Jaguars, IPUI Jaguars, and she didn't really even pay much attention to it this year. One of the reasons was it was in New Zealand. So they were having games at like 3 o'clock in the morning no one was able to watch. But the U.S. women's soccer team eliminated from the World Cup. Megan Rapinoe 
uh, polarizing figure on the team, had a chance. Uh, you know, she missed making a goal in a shootout that ended in like a 5-4 victory for Sweden over the United States. So they are done. I think this is what? This is the quickest. Early sex in history. Yeah. We have never finished below third place. So, so I don't root against U.S., but I will root against Megan Rapinoe. <laughs> like, I do not like that lady uh, at all. She's toxic. She's toxic. She's, she, and it was all about her, her, her. And me, she's me, always me. been, 2016, she kneeled uh, with the Colin Kaepernick she thing. She was an anthem kneeler, for Tur- sure. Turned out she bullied her teammates into doing the exact same thing. Joe Biden gave her the Presidential Medal of Freedom. <laughs> like, th- it's just been so hard to root, for her, uh, to root for Team America and root against her. Listen to this. Listen to this clip. This... <laughs> You know, this is directly after the game, right after they lost. The USA, earliest exit ever for a World Cup. And uh, listen to this question for Megan Rapinoe. Is there a memory that stands out to you right now in this moment? I mean, probably equal pay chance. Come on. (laughs) Come on. You just got beat. You just got to focus on... Maybe maybe the lack of focus on your actual performance and not the, the whole equal pay thing when it's obvious that you know in reality men's soccer is a hundred times more popular than women's and they don't bring in the dollars like the dudes yep yep so, and here's the, and here's she's, the reality. she's a millionaire we, the we would root we would root for them just like we root for everybody else but even in their like their the u.s women's national team put out a statement it did not even mention country it just right. said our supporters that's it. So it's like they don't feel like they represent us, and, and I feel like there's definitely a disconnect between the people and the U.S. Women National and the team. And biggest, the biggest hypocrisy of all is that she is all for biological men playing women's sports. Well, she's done now, Nige. She's <laughs> done. Yeah, exactly, that's my point. Exactly. She, <laughs> she's now that retiring. I'm done, bring in the dudes. Now that I'm done, yeah. Come on, bring yeah. them all in. Yeah. Um, and before we uh, get to traffic here, Donald Trump has weighed in of course. on uh, the women's team, the woke women's team. And here to read the truth social message is our friend Alvin from Simon and the Chipmunks. The shocking and totally unexpected loss by the U.S. women's soccer team to Sweden is fully emblematic of what is happening to our once great nation under crooked Joe Biden. Many of our players were openly hostile to America. No other country behaved in such a manner or even close. Woke equals failure. Nice shot, Megan. The USA is going to hell. Mega. <laughs> <laughs> Nice shot, Megan, because she could have. I mean, Megan, with that 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 shot on goal, she could have made yep, it there. Yep. If, if she, she hits that won, and yeah. we hit one more, we win. Go party! You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Good lord, this song. Uh, my name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez is filling in for Hammer. Uh, Jerry, just maybe give everybody that don't maybe not too familiar with your work um who you are a little bit about your background yeah so uh so my name is jerry lopez i'm on twitter as at indy spanglish and that's how i knew you <laughs> yeah so like i didn't know you as jerry lopez that, when matt said yeah jerry lopez is filling in for hammer i go who a lot of I, people I go, don't know that yeah okay oh, oh, can, we, can we just call you spanglish Span- yeah. that's a great name indy spanglish yeah so so, so that somebody, actually yeah, comes I, from so my mom uh came from cuba and couldn't speak real English. So what I told her, she spoke with Spanglish. <laughs> so every other word would be a Spanish word or we played guess the word or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of where Indy Spanglish came from. So I'm a veteran, uh, very outspoken, conservative, and I am not scared to say what 60% of the population feel like they can't. 
Well, welcome to the family. We'd love having you on. And uh, you were telling me earlier about your experience at Barbie. Barbie, by the way, becoming the 51st movie ever to make a billion dollars worldwide at the box office. That's surpassing, I believe, The Dark Knight, Christopher Nolan, which is kind of ironic because... Um, Meg 2, that shark movie, knocked Oppenheimer off the number two spot at the box office, yeah. which is Christopher Nolan's movie. Um, and then it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, so, the verdict for Barbie from one Mr. Jerry Lopez. Yeah, so um, the, the movie is not a kid's movie. Everybody has heard that. I can validate that for sure. Well, I my biggest misconception, my my preconceived notion about this is some sort of animated kids movie that, that they watch on, they, you know, they watch Barbie on Netflix no, all the time, my, my daughter. This is not celebrating your daughter's Barbie or, or the Barbie or wife played with growing up at all. This movie is essentially, to give you the cliff notes, this movie is about about how men have ruined the world, how <laughs> how the patriarchy is is the the root of all evil, how women are unappreciated by men, how without women men would accomplish nothing, <laughs> and if we would just get out of the way, the world would be a better place. That is the whole movie. Now I will give you a couple specific parts. Let's, hit, hit, let's hear it because because by the way, our producer Allison loved the movie. Yeah, well I figure she would. <laughs> she probably if if you identify as a female, great movie for you. If you are a dad who took his girls yeah. to the you are expecting to be booed on the way out like it was now granted the movie theater was full of 20 somethings in pink dresses it was more of an event and less of a movie I will give you that wait so wait there were actually girls in women 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 night dressed up as pink women dresses looks like the Barbie version of the Kentucky Derby interesting wow what yeah. a concept yeah women dressing in women's clothing yeah, yeah. actual women I, too wow okay okay yeah. so go on so I thought it was just going to be a celebration of Barbie until I heard a trigger word for me. Uh -huh. 20 minutes in, Barbie gets called a fascist, and I knew something was up immediately. <laughs> when I hear the word fascist, I immediately think, oh no, I know who wrote this film. Okay? So Barbie leaves Barbie land, and Ken is with her. That's in the trailer. What they yes. realize is in the real world, I hate to use the word realize, is that men run everything. In Barbie land, women run everything. So Barbie comes out and she's a real woman and next thing you know, she's getting catcalled. She's on the streets of New York going up to construction workers in her Barbie dress and they're catcalling her and saying everything in the book to this lady. Okay. So Ken realizes, oh snap, out here, we run the world. He goes back to Barbie land. They turn it into frat boy city. Right. So okay. now the Barbies are fetching beers. The Barbies are <laughs> they're doing all these things. Right. Barbie is running back to Barbie land. OK. To save it from the men. They trick the men into fighting each other while they go rewrite the Constitution to put the Barbies back in charge. That is the whole movie. That is the whole I movie. had no idea that was really yeah, the concept. Yeah. I knew about leaving Barbie land and That's the, real yeah. life and back and forth. Yeah. I kind of had it in my mind about that movie, like the, the Brady Bunch no. kind of thing where they were stuck in the 70s, but time had moved on. Um, There's so like an eight minute monologue where wi what women have to deal with that men don't. Oh, wow. My goodness. Like we have, we can't complain. We have to go to work anyway. And <laughs> nobody So at the end, they want to come up with a, a new Barbie. Right, a Barbie yeah. that maybe she doesn't want to be a scientist. Maybe she doesn't want to be a president or a veterinarian or any of these other Barbies that exist. Maybe she wants to do nothing. 
Maybe she just wants to be a mom, Nige. <laughs> well, like, being so, a mom is nothing. Yeah, right. There's no work there. No. That's not hard work at so, all, being so a mom. So, yeah, so so my final score is two communists, hands down. Wow. Like, it's pretty bad, yeah. Two what, communists, did, but what, what did your daughters think? Uh, so I had a uh, 12-year-old who didn't know uh, really what was going on, right? Mm-hmm. And then we went with my 20-year-old who kept looking at me going, this is too much. Really? Yeah, so she uh, knew. Like, yeah, she knew. Like like father, like daughter. Yeah, I she like. looked at me like, yeah, no. Let me give you a perspective here from a uh, national talking head. Uh, you're familiar with friend of the show, the Hammer and Nigel show, Tommy Laren. I am. Fox News. Uh, she has a show on OutKick. Here is um, her thoughts on people that didn't like Barbie. The biggest criticism of this doll come to life blonde and pink extravaganza is that Ken and all the other male characters portrayed in the movie are dumb and weak and or sexist. Some of my fellow conservatives are pissed off about that and feel like this movie is anti-man or shines a bad light on men. Newsflash for you, no duh. It's a movie about a fictional doll living in a Barbie dreamland of pink glitter and high ponytails. Did you think this was a remake of Rocky? I mean, come on now. The outrage over this is a little much. I don't think it's the outrage. It's the it's the you don't know. We didn't know what we were getting into. I just I just wanted to give you a little more. Pr- I thought she was going to be on my team. She you smacked thought, me you down. Totally thought yeah. she was getting one more clip here. The male characters, including and especially Ken, are a little soft and a little oblivious. And have you looked around at modern day America lately? <laughs> I hate to be the bearer of the bad yet completely obvious news, but a large majority of young men are. Wait for it. A little soft and a little oblivious. And if you are relying on the Barbie movie to correct that or somehow override that perception, that's a lot to ask of a movie about a damn doll. We scored that a knockdown. Tommy knocked me down. That's a 10-8 round. I will say that Hollywood tends to portray, sitcoms tend to portray like the dads, the men in movies. I, I watch all these kids' movies where the dads are just portrayed as big doofuses and it's the moms that are running the show and... It, it's 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 a pretty common theme throughout the history of television. Well, let's I just think. get back to Disney where they kill the parents off. <laughs> you know, just. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. The Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Nigel, Jerry Lopez, at Indie Spanglish, filling in for Hammer, also joining us live in studio, the gun guy, Guy Relford, host of the Gun Guy Show Saturdays here on 93 WIBC. You're a Second Amendment att- attorney. Some might even call you a Second Amendment scholar. <laughs> well, some. And a licensed firearms instructor. How are you? Man, I'm great. And thanks, as always, to our sponsor for Monday Gun Day. That's Premier Arms in Brownsburg, with the largest selection of the new, used, and historic firearms. Uh, largest selection in the Midwest. And they also have PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at 3754 South Green Street uh, or at PremierArms.com. So big news in the world of the Second Amendment. Supreme Court is taking up a, a major Second Amendment dispute. And I'm reading about this and I'm thinking... I don't know. I don't know about this. Let me <laughs> let me break let me break it down and you tell yeah. me. So so from what I gather, this all has to do with this guy beat up his girlfriend in Texas, threatens to shoot her. 
So the court issued a domestic violence restraining order against this guy, which triggers some federal gun law that says you're not allowed to possess a firearm if you have a domestic violence restraining order against you, right? Exactly. And so then after that, the cops find guns at his house a year later. And he ended up going to jail for six years for that violation. Do I get, right. do, did I, is that kind of the synopsis oh, there? Oh, yeah. No, you, you did a great synopsis. And and so, so what's the issue, what, what's the issue here? Well, the, I don't the, like this guy. Understood. Nobody likes this guy. And the issue is that when we had the Supreme Court decision that came down last on Second Amendment issues, that just last fall, the, the Bruin... Uh, versus New York State Rifle and Pistol Association case. that They changed the test by which we decide whether a law is constitutional or not under the Second Amendment. And we don't have this balancing anymore where we say, well, you know, gosh, if the state or, the, or in this case, the government, the U.S. government has a compelling interest, like keeping people safe, then we balance that against how severe of uh, evident of an infringement on the Second Amendment right it is. And we have this balancing, and, and we can say, ah, well, it's just a little infringement, and there's a compelling interest, so that's okay. And the Supreme Court threw that out in the Bruin case and said, no, there's no balancing. What this is, is if a given law is consistent with the text, history, and tradition of of regulation in the U.S. On a, on a constitutional protection. If it's consistent with that, it's constitutional. If it's not, it's unconstitutional. So you look at text, what does it say? And then history and tradition in terms of how that right has been regulated and what limitations on that right have been upheld throughout the history of this country. So, the question of this case, and this is Rahimi, U.S. versus Rahimi, came out of the Fifth Circuit, which is, uh, I mean, it rose out of Texas, went up to the Fifth Circuit, which covers Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. But then um, the question was, is this, cons and the, well, and the law is that if you're subject to a domestic violence order of protection, you can't possess a firearm. That's a relatively new law. It was passed by Congress to amend the 1968 Civil or Gun Control Act, um, but it was passed in the mid-90s. So that hadn't been around all that long. So what the Fifth Circuit said was, well, hold on, this guy's, and this is a key point, hasn't been convicted of any crime. Right. So the original crime of the, 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 you know, beating up his girlfriend or whatever, he did not get convicted of that, yet he was issued a restraining order. But there was a, what we call domestic violence. In Indiana, we call them order of protection. Can you, can you, you can just get one of those, Yes. Right? I could go down to the courthouse right now. Get one on me. Yes. And I could say, I could say, Jerry and I lived together, we're boyfriend, girlfriend, bo boyfriend, boyfriend, whatever, and, and he, he's threatened me, he's beat me up, and I need an order of protection. And, and if, and if what I fill out in that application meets the requirements, I'll get an order. Now, it's called an ex parte order at the beginning. And then they have to give you an opportunity for a hearing where you can come in and say, no, this didn't happen, and bring in your own witnesses and, and win or lose. But if we have a hearing and you're found to be, yes, subject to a domestic violence order of protection, now you've lost your Second Amendment rights. And so, and I'm forced to go defend myself against yes. any allegation brought forth against me. Absolutely. If I, if I just say, I'm not going, I lose my rights. 
perhaps. Oh, yeah. And if you, if you have a chance to request a hearing and don't request the hearing, you've lost your rights. If you request a hearing and and lose, you've lost your rights. And in the meantime, the, and this is the key point: you haven't been convicted of Correct. a crime. Yeah. Okay. And but but you got due process in the sense of you got to go to court, you got to present your own evidence, you could bring a lawyer, you can confront the witnesses against you. You know all those elements of due process we see in the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments. So the question becomes is and 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 the reason I'm nervous about this case, and I posted on this today. Yeah, I saw it. Rahimi's a bad guy. It's a horrible example to use in this case. He's a horrible example. Yeah. And we have a, Well, we the have, cops went to his house again um, because he, he had been alleged to be involved in shootings. Yeah. So right. they had this a warrant the, for his house a year later, and that's when they found the guns. Right. But keep in mind, if he'd been arrested and convicted of a felony for any of this, sure. whether for the abuse of the, the girlfriend or for being involved in other crimes, we wouldn't be here. The felon can't. Because he, can't, he yeah. can't possess the gun if you're a felon. I don't know if they know that, but it is the law. It is the law. Yeah. And so, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, sure I'm fairly sure. I'm, I'm fairly sure somebody would point that out to him at some point. So, the, so the, the, the thing that makes a lot of us nervous, as Second Amendment advocates, the thing that makes us nervous about this case is lawyers. Look, I've been a lawyer for 40 years. We have a saying and been around forever, which is bad facts make bad law. And Rahimi's a scumbag. Nobody's going to be sympathetic toward Rahimi. The, the, the justices are going to have to sit back and say, how do we feel about the fact that someone who's not been convicted of any crime has still lost their Second Amendment rights? And, and that has to be based exclusively on the text of the Second Amendment. What does it say? Well, we have other judicial decisions like Heller that tell us what it says and what it means. But then secondly, what's the history and tradition of regulation of firearms? And here's how it's going to break down. The, the, the defendants is going to come in and say, this is easy. This is a brand new law which was just passed in the mid-90s. There's no history or tradition here. We win. And the government's going to come in, and the, and the Biden administration had to make the decision to take this up to the Supreme Court. And they, they did it, I'll guarantee you, in large part because Rahimi's a scumbag, right. and they know he's not a sympathetic litigant. So then the government's going to come in and go, oh, no, we've had laws in this country forever since the beginning. When some of the very earliest prohibitions of people possessing guns were people shown to, quote, present a danger to the public in terms of people convicted of dangerous crimes. So the question the court's going to have to resolve is, well, is this more like just someone who's never been convicted of a crime, who just been accused of something, and then they had a proceeding about whether or not somebody just needed a protective order, or is it more like the prohibitions we've had since the beginning of gun regulation in this country, which is violent felons, for instance, can't possess firearms? And to be honest with you, I could see that going either way, even with this court. A lot of people are very confident, going, oh, no, text, history, tradition, Supreme Court's going to rule you know, in favor of Second Amendment advocates. Uh, but, but, but I... Yeah. I think it's 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 more an even call than that. I could see it going the other way. And by the way, Jerry, isn't it funny that Biden brought this to the Supreme Court, right, when his own son was about to take a sweetheart plea deal on a felony gun charge? The Biden administration is all about gun violence, gun safety, gun this, grab your guns, get rid of the guns. But he was about, you know, the DOJ, the Biden DOJ, uh, or the special prosecutor, whatever in this case, was right. about to give him a sweetheart plea deal that that would have uh, nullified that felony right. gun charge and, that Hunter Biden had. And he may still get it. Well, he might see yeah. We're going to have to see what but, the deal but is. Can, but then get this. He could then literally have the opportunity to appeal and say, no, this is unconstitutional, that I'm deprived, not only am I deprived of my ability to possess a gun, um, but that, um, but, but that I can, I'm going to go to jail 
because I just lied on a form somewhere. I mean, how was that? You know, and so you know, how is that history is consistent with the history, the it's text a, history and tradition of it, U.S. government? So, Biden could uh, Hunter Biden could avail himself of this same defense potentially. I, it wouldn't go anywhere because of, of a lot of reasons you probably don't want to go into. But but at this point, it's interesting that we have a case going up that is not sympathetic on the facts. Um, and then the question becomes, how broad is the ruling once that comes down? Yeah, this. Uh this makes me feel weird, man. It yeah, does because it's 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 yeah. it, right now we're going to find out two things. One, if he wins this case, uh, it's a huge win for two A. Yeah. Right. Still feels super dirty because he is the worst poster child for this case. Well, that that's true. But, but if they give it to him, that's a that's a stamp on on two A. That that is distinguishing conviction versus accusations it, completely. It is. But, you know, with where he me being a dirtbag. Um, what the court does with that, just the fact that they go, mm, I don't like this ruling because I don't like it applied to him. That's why whenever you see the statues of Lady Justice, right? She's got the Blind, scales, yeah. what she got on her eyes. Yeah. Blindfold. She got a blindfold. Yeah. And when yeah, Justice yeah, yeah, is right. blind, that's exactly <laughs> the concept, yeah. which is we're not looking at Rahimi. going to test that. We're looking at the law and we're looking at the intent of the founders when they wrote the Constitution. But this tests it. Yeah. And, and and I don't know that, that any of us who really follow the court and understand the law in this area are, are feeling great about the fact they're taking this case. When, you, when can we expect a ruling on something like this? Uh, be next year. It'll probably be next spring. We're going to have oral argument. Um, um, probably uh, late this year, and I, I would say maybe maybe even early next year, and then I'd say a ruling next spring or, or summer. It's Monday Gun Day with Guy Relford. Tell me what this means. The CDC said they are receptive to the Biden administration calls to frame gun violence as a public health matter. And I know even locally here, Marion County Public Health Director Virginia Kane has yeah. said she's considered sort of the same thing. But I don't know what that means or what that would do. Well, what it does is once they declare something a public health emergency, that um, that, that opens up some funds that they have available to them, some programs they can implement. That, uh, that they can potentially use, for instance, to have an educational program. Okay, you know, I don't see anything out. wrong with that. No, I don't see anything wrong with that either. I mean, there, there are a lot of things they can do. But what a lot of us are concerned about and what they've threatened in the past is that gun control advocates, people that want to you know, eliminate your Second Amendment rights, are frustrated that they can't get anything through Congress. But they can't get anything to here in Indiana through the General Assembly. So a lot of them have, have gotten together and, 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 and thought, I know, let's just use the avenue of an administrative agency like the Department of Health or at the federal level, the CDC, and say, this is a public health emergency. And, and a, for instance, I'm just throwing out an example that people are concerned about. We're concerned about a public health emergency, and we think a big part of this comes from the evil assault weapon. So, as a matter of a public health emergency, we're banning assault weapons. Wow. They I mean, could that, do that? No, they can't do that because it's, it's purely but, legislative. It's something that has to go through Congress. But that's what the concern is. If, if it's the things that they can legitimately do through an administrative agency, things that are not legislative, right? Because who's that reserved to? That's reserved to the legislature in, in Indiana, General Assembly, or Congress at the federal level. So if they do what they're supposed to do as an executive uh, agency, an administrative agency that's part of the executive branch, they can educate, 
you know, they can have other policies. That's all great. I have no problem with that. You know, educating people on, on safe gun storage. I do that. I teach class. I wrote a book on gun safety. Personally, here's an idea. The CDC, the first thing they ought to do is come order 10 million copies of my book. Right, gun safety for dummies. There you go. Come buy that, distribute that. You know, with every gun. I mean, that's. I swear the, to God, with the public health emergency, they shut down this state. They shut down the country. Right. The idea here is the public health emergency with guns is to get guns out of the hands of law-abiding citizens. They, they shut down corporate America. Yes, sure they is did. Is that is that the idea here? It, like, what, what, in a roundabout I, way. Look, I'm sure if you ask somebody at the Brady campaign or the Gifford Center or Moms Demand Action, they go, yeah, absolutely. I mean, not publicly, but within their cabal, they would say, yeah, it's exactly what we wanted to, right? Publicly, of course, they're going to deny it, but it, it's not something that it's a legitimate function of an administrative agency. That's why I think that's going to be shut down. At the federal level, I had I had Senator Mike Braun's um, staff in my office last week. Yeah, we he's talking, doing something with this, He right? introduced a bill that said, hey, it's just what we're talking about. CDC, you do your job as an administrative agency. God bless you, but don't pass gun control. In fact, the bill says you can't pass gun control, um, which is legislative in the form of some agency action under the guise of a public health emergency. Nobody denies, me included, that we don't have too many murders in Indianapolis or in Indiana or at the federal level. We all acknowledge that. Um, but so, so yeah, if we can go out there at murders or accidental shootings, every time I get interviewed, I do it all the time. Every time there's an accidental shooting, somebody calls me and goes, guy, we want to we'll come do a, you know, from, from channel eight or wherever it is, we want to come do an interview on, on how people should store their guns. I always do the interview as painful as it is. It's repetitive because I want people to have the information on how to store their guns safely. So administrative agencies can, can do a great thing along those lines. They just can't do what the legislature has. Where can people find out more on the gun guy if they have any questions you know i'm trying to build my twitter following so twitter at guy relford and then the show this weekend show this weekend yeah I'm, we're, we're talking a lot about the supreme court case um that's been accepted it's it's saturdays five to seven right WIBC. guy relford thank you thanks man hammer and nigel you believe these characters are weirdos so let's rock my name is nigel jerry lopez at Indy Spanglish on Twitter is filling in for Hammer. I'm sorry, X. I have made the transition from Twitter <laughs> to X. Got to start saying X now. It's no longer Twitter. Jerry, welcome. Thank you. Are you having a good time filling in? Having a great time. Having um, a great time. I always thought that letter, and we'll get to it in just a second, that letter that Biden wrote in 2011 to, <laughs> to Devin Archer, Hunter's business partner, was so weird. That's like the weirdest, creepiest thing about this whole Biden crime family situation. Um, but first of all, before we get to that, you sent me this clip of Biden's campaign manager talking about, you know, the Biden outreach to Latino voters. And I think voters are really starting to feel um, the economic impacts that this administration has set forward. Um, you know, the president has recently talked about it in the context of Bidenomics. <laughs> I don't think she. I don't think she knows what that means exactly i don't think she's she doesn't mean what she thinks it means yeah she does not the, 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 yeah. the latino voter is feeling the impact of biden's economic policy listen we all are feeling the impact yeah it's not a positive thing no we are we are we are settling for those breakfast tacos that jill referred to <laughs> during the campaign like we are this economy is very despacito you know what i mean like it's not it's not working out too well for any of us 
Well, so I'm curious as to because Trump did well with Latinos in 2016, didn't he? Yeah, he did great. Yeah, and uh, Latinos typically have conservative values, right? Like very pro-family, pro-education. Yeah, you know, raised in a church, parents make no excuses, come over here, first-generation immigrants from all over the world come here. They typically perform well uh, because their parents don't bog them down with with cultural stuff from back home. We're in America. Go get it. Go get it. I have a I have a relative that took it took years and thousands of dollars to become an official American yep. citizen. And there are people right now that are just, oh, what? I, I just have to download an app, yep. and then I can just walk through the country, get a court date. Free cell phone. F- five years later, I can reappear. Yep. That's the way it is now. By the way, side note, uh, Joe Biden, I don't know if you saw this over the weekend, at the beach, I believe in Delaware, while active kids in cages happening on the border, in the southern border. Yeah, Trump built those, though, right? Trump, right, exactly. No, Obama built those. I haven't seen AOC in her white pantsuit distraught no. once down there. I haven't seen I haven't seen the borders are. Well, it's too hot. A girl can't look. Girl can't slay in 100, 100 degrees. Uh, where right? does the borders are, Kamala Harris? Well, has she been to the border yet? Well, she, I haven't Surely, been to Europe. Right? Like, she goes, well, I haven't been to Europe either. That was the. Uh, Have you seen all the immigrants out in New York City as well? Just like outside of the hotel looking for places to stay. Somebody posted on Twitter the cost of one of those rooms. And the number of rooms that are in, and they're spending like hundreds of millions of dollars a month. Just and they're to house trashing these, them. Yeah, just to house these people. And they actively put flyers. Uh, the the New York City administration, the, the mayor, put, putting flyers down at the southern border saying, don't come to New York the City. The same clown said that it will always be available <laughs> to immigrants. Yeah, yes. Boy, the sanctuary city really blew up in, in a lot of those. It was like, no, we're down. Come on. Well, hold on. Can you guys please stop coming over here? All right, back to um, as long as we're talking about Biden, this letter that he sent to Hunter's business partner, Devin Archer. Devin Archer gave some pretty, what I thought was damning testimony behind closed doors. It was great, Um, but I think that he dropped the ball on a couple key responses. Like, how do you mean? So they asked him if he knew uh, if Vice President was Bi- Biden was directly involved, and he didn't confirm that. He also <laughs> didn't confirm some Burisma stuff, and he was on the board. I expected this to be like kind of like the nail in the coffin type deal. It, what, there was no direct ties to Biden, but did you see the interview Devin Archer did with Tucker Carlson? I've, I saw portions. I, I mean, it, it was like almost tongue in cheek. Like Tucker, like they're both Washington insiders, right? Right. Tucker knows, he's, and, and, and Tucker, his whole attitude the whole the entire time was like, yeah, look, so Hunter Biden was on the board for Burisma, but, but he, you know, he, he got his dad on the phone. Like, who calls their dad at a board meeting right. and gets him on the phone? At it was 40 like, years and they're old. All, yeah. And they're both looking at each other like, yeah, you know what's really going on here, without kind of saying yeah. it. And I was surprised Tucker was able to lead Devin Archer, Hunter's former business partner, down that road. But, the, but I thought the weirdest part was that that letter that they got that Devin Archer received from President Biden. Hey, sorry I couldn't uh, meet up with you in person. I was uh, had to entertain, entertain the president of China, and I'm really glad you're in business with my son. A little flex there. Uh, oh, yeah, definite <laughs> flex. But I, um, here is 
Florida Republican congressman. I, I like this guy, Byron. You know, yeah. Byron Donald. Yeah. He's, yeah. I think he's going to be a, a conservative star yeah. in this in in Congress. Here he is about the Biden crime family. When Joe Biden was vice president, that's when they set up all these shell companies. That's when they set up all these accounts to move money through to conceal it from the taxpayer. Joe Biden has been lying the entire time. Hunter Biden was the bag man so dad can sell his office. That's what's going on here. I mean, they have a paper trail yeah. to this. Jerry, there's yeah. a Comer, the, the, the leading this investigation, the House Oversight Committee has the receipts. I feel like there's been more information on this than any of the Trump indictments. Like, at least well, from look, my perspective, like the, they have checks, they have deposits, they have accounts, they have exactly how this was laundered through. Yeah, they. I mean, for instance, this, the, the indictment that Alvin Bragg brought against Trump on the state level there. In New York, about the hush money payments and yep. the campaign finance, everybody thinks that's a joke. Any lawyer would tell you this: yep. this is an absolute joke. The 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 documents at Mar-a-Lago, Biden's done the exact same thing. I mean, Pence showed up the next week. Like, I got some too. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> Here you go. Get rid of them. Everybody was getting rid of their docs. I thought it was really funny. I, I think one of the most interesting parts of this is when Devin Archer got ready to uh, to speak to Congress, he got hit with with federal uh, tax charges. The night before, <laughs> the night before, yeah. they tried to arrest they him. They were we, going to put yeah. him in jail before his testimony, yeah. and then they slow walked that yeah. back as well. So I think he just doesn't want to get suicided. No, you know well, what I mean? yeah, exactly. But you know what that whole thing was That's, about? We can reach out and touch you. The, yeah. yeah, right. But you know the, the whole the thing with the DOJ coming in on a Saturday and writing up this memo. Saying you know you need to report to jail. We're going right. to incarcerate you, and then we'll slow walking it back. Well, we didn't really set a date or time. We just wanted you to know that he's been convicted of fraud charges for you know defrauding some Native American group or something. Yep. So he's going to serve jail. That whole thing was to show that Devin Archer yeah. was a criminal. Now also, and he can't also, be trusted. Also, Devin, you need to watch your mouth. Yeah, right. Watch exactly. what you say. Watch what you say. I love how Biden, by the way, like the Women's World Cup. They blew it um, last night or the night before, whenever. When was that? Megan, was that Rap- night? Was Megan Rapino blew it. Ma- Megan Rapino blew it. I had a chance. That yeah. There was a shootout at the end. And I swear this women's team just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. They were cocky. They weren't very good. They, they lost games or broke even in games. They tied games they should have won. And I, I've had a feeling if the men's World Cup. Uh, dudes acted like that, they would be getting uh, just excoriated I mean, in the sports men, media. When LeBron acts like this, same thing. When when all these athletes come out and they take a, a – sports for us was an escape, right? And then it got during the Colin Kaepernick years, super polarizing, very political, very take a stand instead of getting a break and watch this game. And I think in the history, you know, obviously I wasn't around for, for Muhammad Ali or people like that. Right. But any of the athletes I've done that in my lifetime have just been ostracized. Like people just don't want to hear it. And and if you lose, it's going to get loud. And guess what? You know, Biden congratulated oh. the women, the ladies, on a, quote, incredible run. Megan Rapinoe has been to the White House and gotten medals several different times. Yeah, this she's is the also biggest American-hating athlete I can think of besides Colin Kaepernick. This is the worst run in U.S. women national team history. And he, he sends out a tweet, congratulations on an incredible run. <laughs> the earliest exit in team history. history. In history. There are a couple of um, major soccer superstars that had uh, some things to say about the women's quick exit. How about Alexi Lawless? Well-known American soccer player. Uh, I believe World Cup in the mid-90s. Um, quote, 
don't kill the messenger. The U.S. women's national team is polarizing. Politics, causes, stances, and behavior have made this team unlikable to a portion of America. This team has built its brand and derived its power from being the best in winning. If that goes away, they risk becoming irrelevant. I don't know one person that paid attention to these games. For the, I mean, my wife loves loves women's soccer. We we did watch the first game. It was at nine o'clock, the very first women's World Cup game, uh, a couple of uh, was it a month or two ago. And my wife doesn't really dwell in this bubble that we're in. And she doesn't know what goes on right. with Megan Rapino. Um, but after that, they just kind of lost interest. I think uh, they, they've become they've become too polarizing, you know, and 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 even though the times of the games were hard and difficult to watch, like you said, yeah. five in the morning, yeah. three in the morning, stuff like that. Um, man, if it was a U.S. men's basketball team, I think people would have woke up at three in the morning to watch. That's true. Yeah. And we'd be talking about it. Yeah. People and they would have won. Yeah. We, the, <laughs> the, 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 co- won. the country doesn't feel any attachment to this team because they've ostracized us for now. Absolutely. Two World Cups. Even Carly Lloyd, two-time World Cup winner, two-time Olympic gold medalist, bashed the team earlier this month. If you remember, the women played Portugal. They nearly won um, that game. Uh, it ended up being a tie. Because uh, Portugal, they almost kicked the goal, but the ball bounced out of the post. Yep. Right? And so for that, so for ending in a tie, these women all started dancing and celebrating and taking selfies with fans as if they had just won the World Cup itself. Even Carly Lloyd, who was a commentator during that game, had negative things to say. If these are not the images we should be expecting to see from a team that survived survive to get to the round of 16. I, I appreciate them taking care of the fans, but let me tell you, Carly Lloyd's butt would be back in the locker room kicking things, I have, throwing things. I have never witnessed, and just seeing these images for the first time right now on the desk, I've never witnessed something like that. There's a difference between being respectful of the fans and saying hello to your family, but to be dancing, to be smiling. I mean, the player in the match was that post. You are lucky to not be going home right now. <laughs> there you go. Even Carly Lloyd despises this team. Oh, well. Ever and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Rock All right, Jerry Lopez. Is filling in for Hammer. My name is Nigel. You know how this works, don't you, Jerry? I do. I'm familiar with this one. Give you a couple of stories, and we can both pontificate on whether they are anything or not. We'll start in California. Police are looking for this bike thief who took the time to cuddle with the dog of one of his victims. Here he is. He's taking a break from grabbing this bicycle, right? There's a camera in the garage. Full light on in the garage, by the way. So he's grabbed the bicycle, but uh, the dog ran out, and he started to cuddle with him. Because you're so cool. Because you're the coolest dog I've ever known. I love you, too. Where's your dad? Where's your dad? No, no, leave your garage open. Dad! Where are you? I love you, too. Ha, ha, ha. 
drugs and bad and gay. <laughs> Jerry is a silly thing. I mean, that's a guy that is high out of his mind. Yeah, and I've seen people on Twitter, people like actually like think this dude is enduring in some way. I mean, people fell in love with Jeffrey Dahmer after Netflix. <laughs> Like, I don't call, yeah. I quite compare this bike thief to Jerry Dahmer, I'm but I understand saying. what if you're you saying. you can love him, you can love this guy. <laughs> and yeah. what, what a jerk the dog is. Come on, man. You're supposed to be protecting yeah. your family from this home invasion, and instead you're looking to get cuddles. Could have stole the dog, too. That's right. Well, here's the thing. I think the dog was a lab. So I could guarantee if that dog would have been a German Shepherd, oh yeah, this bike thief would have been in the hospital. Snow, no, this guy. I, I hope they catch this guy. I hope he's in jail. He did sound like he was a little bit. Look, uh, look for the Scooby Snacks. If right. on <laughs> exactly. All right, <clears throat> more dog stuff here. Listen to this one, man. This one's crazy. Sheriff's office in Arkansas is being sued after one of its deputies shot a woman in the leg when they were actually trying to shoot her dog. Her name's Tina Height. She survived getting shot by the officer when he aimed for her dog, but ended up hitting her in the shin. She still, a year later, has the bullet in her shin. Here is the moment. This gets nuts. Here is the moment that Tina got hit and how she felt the seconds after it happened. You better get back. Get back. Get back. Get back. I saw who? He said, I saw who? I didn't shoot her. Very scary. I've never been shot before, so I mean, I knew I was hit. I didn't know how bad. I didn't know. Didn't understand. And, and here's the thing: before I get your uh, take on this, the do- there were two dogs. I watched the footage. There was a bigger dog that was kind of going back and forth at the cop, and there was a smaller one, like a like a little Pomeranian, <laughs> kind of dog that uh, Walter was babysitting in the Big Lebowski for his ex-wife. Wow. The cop shot at the little dog. At the little five-pound Yeah, right. And ended up hitting the lady instead. They had called 911 for some reason, but the dogs were freaking out. And uh, so this happened. Is this anything? I mean, this shows that this guy needs training, not only shooting, but probably just... Life training. You're going to shoot a Pomeranian? Just, <laughs> what could it really do to you? I'm Listen, I'm all for defending yourself against dogs and stuff. Please keep your dogs on leashes. And like we just said, a German Shepherd went after that guy for oh, the bike. Yeah. Dogs are trained to, to, to protect people. But a Pomeranian, they wouldn't even break the skin, I bet, over his pants. We had this story last week. I actually, I don't even know if we got to it about... How Joe Biden's German Shepherd has been security, Secret Service like 30 times. Like there's been a documented multiple yeah. dozens of incidents yeah. where these things are attacking the Secret Service. Yeah, it's the one commander, right? It keeps biting everybody. Yes, and it's because it's German Shepherds. They're very protective, very loyal to their owners, and probably even more aware of the fact that Joe Biden is so weak and feeble that he needs extra protection. And meanwhile, these Secret Service guys are walking on eggshells. The dogs can uh, can feel that fear as well. Yeah, that's that's a problem for the people that have to protect the say, uh, commander in chief. Allegedly, uh, Joe Biden has a little lasso around his German Shepherd that pulls him on tennis ball shoes uh, when, <laughs> when he wants to run around. So, <laughs> really? allegedly, I don't know okay. if that's true or not, but look for the look for the smudge All marks. Right. It's the yeah. Hammer and Nigel show. 
listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Got a little feud going on, Jerry. Jerry Lopez at Indie Spanglish on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it. My name is Nigel. Jerry's filling in for Hammer. So uh, Nancy Pelosi, I guess, for whatever reason, she's still hanging around. Her old bag of bones is uh, still a congresswoman out of California. Went on MSNBC to you know, kind of talk about her reaction to President Trump, all the indictments and the arraignments in D.C. on the charges that he, whatever, conspired to, to defraud the United States. Here's what she had to say. I wasn't in the courtroom, of course, but when I saw his coming out of his car and this or that, I saw a scared puppy. He looked very, very very um, concerned about the fate that I didn't see any bravado or confidence or anything like that. I don't think it could have been farther from the truth. He went to that wedding. He appeared at uh, uh, his uh, golf club in Jersey yeah. shortly after that and was yucking it up with the uh, with the with the wedding party. I mean, there's definitely a chance she was like 15 Bloody Marys deep. So <laughs> you just got to take it. We'll take it with a grain of salt. But glass eyed Nancy it doesn't really see that well. Oh, man. I remember when she would sit there at the State of the Union address and she's sitting next to Mike Pence and she's like sucking on like a a persimmon or something Mm -hmm. like that, just chewing her teeth and she ripped up Trump's State of the Union speech. Remember all that crap? She's a loony. I mean, the crazy part to me is do people even realize she represents a district? I don't think And have you seen that district? It is Skid Row. It that's, is. That's the district she represents. She doesn't represent D.C. She represents a district in California that is Skid Row. It's awful. It's it's businesses are are jettisoning, jet, I mean just jettisoning the by in the by the hundreds out of California, more specifically San Francisco. Um, so Trump heard that. Here we go. <laughs> and here's where the feud comes in. Uh, Trump heard that, took to Truth Social, and here to read again uh, another Truth Social tweet is Alvin, special guest. Hop on up there, little buddy. Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks. I purposely did not comment on Nancy Pelosi's very weird story concerning her husband, but now I can because she said something about me with glee that was really quite vicious. Quote, I saw a scared puppy, she said, as she watched me on television. I wasn't scared. Nevertheless, how mean a thing to say. She is a wicked witch whose husband's journey from hell starts and finishes with her. She is a sick and demented psycho who will someday live in hell. (laughs) It was coming. You knew it was coming. An actual actual, uh, tweet or a truth social uh, read by Alvin. Uh, he that, That's two tweets now he's talked about. Uh, Case, can we play the other one with about Megan Rapino and the soccer team? This the, this is the second true social post that he put out, having, and he ends it with a reference to hell. The shocking and totally unexpected loss by the U.S. women's soccer team to Sweden is fully emblematic of what is happening to our once great nation under crooked Joe Biden. Many of our players were hostile to America. No other country behaved in such a manner or even close. Woke equals failure. Nice shot, Megan. The USA is going to hell. MAGA! <laughs> I love how it says MAGA at the end. Two references to hell, though, on the social media platform that is Truth 
social. And again, the, the, that that when he says "nice shot," Megan, yeah, nice shot, Megan. What she missed the shot that could have yeah. that could have won the game uh, in the shootout there at the end against Sweden. Uh, sports radio host. This guy's name is Michael Source, but he goes by the name Don Geronimo. Wacky radio name. I know you're not like fully in the radio business, but sometimes guys go by like wacky. Make up some name. Yeah. Uh, like there used to be this guy called, uh, he used to work for ZPL. His name was, he called himself Ted Stryker, <laughs> which is the guy from Airplane. Okay. Which is the guy's name. So anyway, so Don Geronimo, this, it, it kind of sucks. He was fired by iHeartRadio on Sunday, worked for uh, WBIG FM. Following sexist remarks he made towards a female reporter at a Washington commander's training camp. He called, listen to this, hold everybody, you know, you might have to turn the radio down. Live on the air, this this guy called a reporter, Barbie. Hey, look, Barbie's here. <laughs> Hi, Barbie girl. While broadcasting live on Thursday, the two men made offensive and derogatory comments on the air. <sighs> they called her Barbie, Jerry. Listen, if anybody's going to be hurling sexual harassment comments at Washington <laughs> Commander Training Camp, it's going to be Dan Snyder. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, he no longer owns well, the they team. They were fined sixty million dollars for this, right? Like they, she didn't see Barbie because. I'd rather be a Barbie than a Ken based off that movie. She she didn't see Barbie. There's she no now way. look, I'm looking at this woman. She is hot. There's no question about it. Well they she, said he called her, you know, that chick. Oh yeah, the, that's the other Isn't yeah. that that chick? Boy, you got the trifecta, the cheerleader, the chick, and Barbie there. So offensive. I mean here is the statement from her her name was uh, Charla McBride, quote when I heard the comments made about me on the radio show, I felt incredibly insulted and embarrassed. In my 17 years as a professional journalist, I have never been disrespected in such a blatant manner while trying to do my job. Their words were sexist and misogynistic. No woman should experience this in the workplace. And I appreciate the commander's swift response in handling this matter. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> they fired the guy. Yeah, thoughts and I prayers. Think they pot, I think they fired two guys. Yeah, thoughts and prayers are her. I mean, th- come on, man. Do you get fired over something like that? He walked by and no. said, oh, she must look like Barbie. No, but or here's the problem. Cheerleader. But, but businesses don't have time to play that game, right? That's the worst thing that can happen to a business right now is to be attacked for any kind of LBGTQ stuff, any kind of sexual harassment. So the moment it comes down... You're gone. So they're at training camp. Can, can you play it again? Can you just play it again, Allison? Because I want to make sure. And she's I, just I, walking I, by. She's walking by. They're doing a live broadcast at the the, the Washington Redskins training camp. <laughs> and this is what they said. Hey, look, Barbie's here. <laughs> Hi, Barbie girl. Hi there. I'm guessing she's a cheerleader. While broadcasting live on okay. Thursday, how dare you assume I'm just a know-nothing, low-level cheerleader? How dare you? That's an insult to cheerleaders. How dare you assume they put me on Redskins training camp because I'm a beautiful woman <laughs> who's going to talk about sports? You don't see too many fat guys out here talking on ESPN. Um, you sent me this story about Austria. And, and this leader that's 
you know, their leaders proposing to basically enshrine in the country's constitution and right to use cash um, because there, more and more people are concerned that cash is disappearing, like the central digital currency type of thing. What's going on here? Yeah, so they want to get it written into the Constitution that cash will always be accepted no matter what. And I think we need to do something like that. That Absolutely. should be Look, for nothing other than you can get rid of digital currency. Also, if you force somebody to have an account, whether they're homeless, whether they're anybody else, you're now forcing people to have IDs, you're forcing them to go through a process. If I walk up and I give somebody $5, they should be able to use that right now without any conversion whatsoever. I mean, this, this, you know, this, this digital currency, the central bank digital currency, can, can be scary. Yeah. Well, they just want to get rid of crypto and make their own is what they're trying to. But, do. but not only that, but they could use it against you. Oh, so, 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 in other words, you like your social score, like in China. Um, what am I? What am I thinking? The social credit score. Social credit score. They yeah. could use this kind of thing. You say the wrong thing on. On social media, yep. you believe the wrong thing. You buy the wrong book. You watch the wrong movie. You you can do anything, and they can lock you. It happened to Nigel Farage. Do you remember when it uh, happened to England. the truckers in Canada? Absolutely. That's they what shut I'm down their about. banking. They shut down their families' banking. They shut down everybody. It is very scary what the government can do, and I'm afraid that it's coming here. Uh, in the not so distant future. Yeah, well, it's for our own security, right? So I, I like this idea of. Of you know enshrining in in the Constitution a right to use cash because there are a lot of places that don't even take cash right now. Yep, lot. Um, one more thing here before we hit a break. I thought this was funny. You sent this to me. Neil deGrasse Tyson, very uh, famous, uh, like is a physicist, scientist, yeah, just yeah. A, is well known. If you listen about stars in space, he's, yeah. he's the really famous uh, black guy. <laughs> he's, he's on uh, a little weird, <laughs> a little weird. <laughs> He's on with Stephen A. Smith on their podcast, and he is arguing for same-sex bathrooms because he likes to watch women put on makeup. It matters, of course. All right, people say, well, how about bathrooms? Well, that's an easy solution. Just have single-sex, I mean, you have um, uh, uh, unisex. Uh, unisex bathrooms, okay? And here in New York City, we I haven't seen it much in other places, but you have unisex bathrooms, and you come out, and there's a sink in a common area. All right, so everybody sees you put on makeup or whatever. It's kind of, I, I kind of like that actually. <laughs> what a weirdo! So wait, so he's not advocating for what exactly was he saying? I don't understand. Unisex bathrooms. Okay, but unisex, yeah. like we have a unisex bathroom right across this, the yeah. hallway. He here. wants to go in with the ladies. <laughs> yeah. Liberalism is a public health. Matter. Hold on, hold on, like. Yeah. Like, I've been to... He wants to be you in one stall and Margaret in the stall next to you <laughs> playing battle... We, yeah, sure? playing battle poops. Because like, I've been, yeah. like, for for example... Um, and then he wants you to leave and, and get the opportunity to see her put on her makeup. I, I've seen... Uh, here, 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 there's this place called Pins Mechanical Company, downtown at Bottle Works. It's like pinball machines mm -hmm. and duck pinballing. And it's really cool. And they have separate... They have separate bathrooms for the men and women, but they have communal sinks okay that's fair so you walk out after you get done doing your business and in the men's and women's sinks. bathroom and there's a row of sinks could that be what he was possibly talking about i don't think so <laughs> i think he's talking about tandem pooping <laughs> yeah i gotta tell you i i've spent five days in wisconsin at a uh a family camp there at uh lake elkhart i believe 
Elkhart Lake, and it's like it's a camp. It's a, it's a you bring the family and they have camp counselors. It's called Camp Brocious, and you stay in cabins with your family. And then the camp counselors will take your kids for a morning session and do camp stuff, and then an afternoon session and do camp stuff that you usually do at a summer camp. And the adults can go do whatever, whether it's like you know go hiking or on the boat, go on the lake. But the one thing that I hadn't done in a long time, it was communal bathrooms. Now, they were separate. It was men and women, right? right? But I was pooping next to strangers every day. Right. I was glad to get home after five days. Yeah. I think if they keep this up, we should just go Porter (laughs) Porter John's for everybody. No more bathrooms inside, Porter John's. All right. We'll be right back. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. 3WIBC, I'm Nigel, Hammer is out. Jerry Lopez is filling in for Hammer. He is at Indy Spanglish. He's got more followers than we do, you jerk. Yeah, no. Very active on Twitter. Veteran, conservative, dad. Where did you serve? Uh, I was in the Army. Okay. Yep, yep. And overseas? I was. So uh, I was a counterterrorism analyst. And wow. then, so I got out and became a contractor, and I did two tours overseas. Yeah. Wow, thank you for your service, sir. Really love having you in today. You sent me okay, so the 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 Hall of Fame game, NFL's Hall of Fame game, the first uh, preseason game of the year was over the weekend, and you bet on it, like it, because you're a degenerate, true degenerate bet on the on a game where half the people aren't even gonna be on the team, <laughs> right? It's so yep. what, and you lost, did you? you uh, it was the Jets. Well, the, the Jets Browns, lost. Right? Yeah, the Jets. The Jets. Oh, I had okay. the Jets. Well, that's yeah. a shame. The Browns won. Yeah. Um, the uh, Demarcus Ware. Former football player. Where did he play? Where, uh, he where was on the Cowboys, I think. Cowboys. So Maybe he, Broncos as well. He sang the uh, the national anthem. I'm not sure it went too well for, for good old DeMarcus Ware there at the uh, Hall of Fame game. Who's brought stripes and bright stars <laughs> through the Could stop it. I, I, not sure. It's like a fantasy football punishment. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and But I'm not sure that it was the worst one I've ever heard. There is um, Fergie at the, what was this, the NBA This is All-Star supposed to be game? the worst of all time. Well, this is. Let's hear her beer first. The- never yet Even after that, after that, uh, Shaq and Charles Barkley uh, had some uh, comments about that back in 2019. Can we talk about Fergus National Anthem? Oh, stop. Don't do that. Don't do that to my Fergie. Leave it alone. <laughs> Fergie, I love you. It was different. It was sexy. I yeah, like I'm it. right. It was different. Leave it alone. I needed a cigarette after that. Leave it alone. <laughs> and then finally, the worst of the worst, Carl freaking Lewis. Oh! He could run. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock!
The Hammer Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez filling in for Hammer. I think it's fascinating, Jerry, that... I mean, I don't know how many indictments we have so far with Trump. Three or four, at least. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, more on the way. Yeah, more on the way. And his poll numbers continue to skyrocket. We'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on one of the best, one of our favorite political strategists, Raven Harrison, back on the show. Raven, how are you? Doing great. Glad to be here. So I'm, I'm sitting here reading, I think it's from the BBC. You know, it talks about all his indictments, his po- and, and through all this, Mr. Trump's campaign has not just continued unabated, it's thrived. An average opinion poll from July 31st suggests he has a commanding lead of 37 points over his nearest rival. That would be Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, why does Trump keep getting stronger after each indictment? do you think? Well, I'm thinking that, you know, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. So if they've been looking when they attacked him down the golden escalator, got stronger. When they attacked him impeachment one and two, he got stronger. Uh, And what you're seeing now, he's constantly in the press. The Democrats' obsession with President Trump has led them to put him in the forefront and all but annihilated the competition in the Republican primary. Do you think if an indictment is handed down and he is found guilty and is somehow, some way, uh, put in a prison cell, do you think people will still vote for Donald Trump? Absolutely. I think we're going to see the Nelson Mandela effect on steroids. And Mm. as far as the indictments, you know, absolutely. If you're following the track record, you know, I just made a little timeline. And on March 17th, Hunter admitted the laptop was real. On the 18th, Trump was indicted. On the 8th of June, the FBI got information that Biden was taking bribes. And on the 9th, Trump was indicted. And on the 26th (laughs) of July, the Hunter plea deal fell apart on the 27th. Trump was indicted. And last one, you guys are going to love this, on the 31st of July, Devin Archer testified that the big guy was taking calls. He knew all about Hunter's business dealing. And what do you think happened on August 1st? Hmm. More indictments. Trump was indicted. <laughs> hey, hey, Raven, this is Jerry. Um, do you think that that with the Nancy Pelosi, you know, being the speaker there for so long while while he was president, that we're just exhausted with the uh, with the attacks against Trump, and we just feel that, you know, no pun intended, but all these are just trumped up charges, and that it's personal for them, and and that's why it's not turning off voters. Well, yeah, and because if we're going to do puns, we're going to have to say this administration blows <laughs> with the crack in the White House, but we're not going to do that. So we'll be good. But, yes, I do think we have fatigue. But what people need to remember is the fatigue. This is dangerous territory we're in. There are not many people with the resources and the money to fight off an attack like this. The last people to have their political opponents arrested. Stalin, Mussolini, Adolf Hitler. This is scary when they decide they can come after you and they're just going to keep hammering charges until they find something that should scare every American citizen. Yeah, so my my family is from Cuba. I'm first generation American. So these kinds of things remind me of the stories I would hear about Castro, where like there's a a guy that's speaking up on the opposite side and all of a sudden, you know, you go go disappearing uh, at, at some at some rally or something so you know you, you hear it referred to as a banana, banana republic but literally they're just taking out the competition 
they are. And then this is an assault. It's not, these are not, whether you like or hate Donald Trump, this is not about him as the man. This is about our rights. And now these four additional charges, what are they centered around? Free speech. They're saying he doesn't have the right to petition the court and say, hey, I think there was foul play. Here's the evidence I would like you to look at. They're saying now that's spreading misinformation. Well, I seem to remember when Stacey Abrams and Hillary Clinton did the same thing and said, hey, we're not accepting the results of this election. We won't concede. Yeah. And that was fine. But you're indicting President Trump for this. I mean, this is it, it is a banana republic. It is dangerous, but it is essentially it is communism. Former congressional candidate and uh, political strategist Raven Harrison joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel show. I, I have, I, there have been some daily stories about Hunter. I mean, Hunter Biden's been in the news a lot lately. Have have those stories hurt Joe Biden in the polls as much as they you thought you think they would? I think what's hurting him more is the effort and the resources that are being devoted to cover for Hunter Biden. That's the thing. I mean, when you're looking at how these are unfolding, you're talking about the January 6th indictment charges two and a half years old, the Stormy Daniels seven years old, campaign misdemeanor. But yet with Hunter Biden, you're talking about actual receipts given to Congress, uh, proving that there was malfeasance. Crack found in the White House, supposedly the most secure building on the planet, video surveillance, facial recognition software, and they don't know whose blow it is. Wink, wink. But what you're seeing is all of the the resources of the Justice Department. It's so obvious that they are covering for him. And every time, as I gave you the timeline in the beginning, every time something happens with this administration who has numerous investigations, these are all ongoing investigations going into Joe Biden right now. And every time one of these breaks, the next day Trump is indicted on something new. So it's become less transparent, but more concerning. And it's swinging independent and moderate yep. to Trump. Raven, I got a question. So do you, do you, a couple questions. Do you think that we will ever find a day where the Bidens are taken to court or Hunter Biden's taken to court for all this stuff in, in an open in a in a, an open case where we can see it and do you think that if the Republicans take um, the presidency and, and maybe take control of, of House and Senate maybe a sweep um, that they go right back after after the Democrats for what they've done to uh, to Donald Trump basically going after the Bidens I say yes and yes so the first count I would say um, if Donald Trump becomes um, the nominee and the president, you will absolutely, I do not believe he will make the same mistake that I believe he made last time, which is keeping a lot of the Obama holdovers and a lot of these people who had questionable backgrounds. I think he will come in and literally clean house. So I do believe there will be perp walk palooza, and we should probably get the popcorn ready. Uh, on the second count about, you know, will Joe uh, Biden face charges again? It won't be just because the Republicans take the majority. They both need a deep house cleaning. We've got more problems with the Republicans right now, as many problems, I should say, as we have with the Democrats. The Democrats are steamrolling, and the Republicans are literally making speeches like it's worth something. Uh, you know, Joe Biden needs to be impeached pause. You know, uh, we need to do something about this pause. Ukraine fatigue, pause. And then nothing ever happens. So what we're seeing is they're doing a lot of grandstanding and virtual signaling, but there's not a lot of action happening. So it's going to be incumbent on we the people, regardless of your side, we got to hold these politicians 
to the to the task and go, guys, this is it. Congress, get a balanced budget. That's your fundamental job. Mm-hmm. Number one job, pass a balanced budget. We haven't had one since the 90s. So don't make another speech. Don't tell me about how bad Joe Biden is. I want to know when the perp walk is. We want to know, you know, when people are going to start going to jail and Americans can be rest assured that the law that applies to them applies to Joe Biden, Hunter, Trump, everybody else that's in politics. And I think I think you mentioned the danger there with voters and in. you know, I think voters m- may have lost faith in the legitimacy of the justice system and just don't believe anything anymore. Yes. And that's 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 the true danger here is that you might find people who think the system is rigged against Trump and aren't even going to go to the polls and vote because you why bother? You definitely will. And the answer to that is simple. It's because the reason that you don't have a British accent right now, even though our patriots were outmanned, out-resourced, outgunned by the British, is because the hearts of the patriots are strong. So what you have to tell people is that's what they want you to do. They want you to give up and go, oh, they're cheating. We can't do anything. Instead, friends don't let friends vote alone. Don't go by yourself. Bring 20 people with you. And you you got to be bigger than the cheek. You have to get out there and do what they're counting on you to just give up and throw your hands up and that's when you've got communism so you can't give up this is the time when we got to step up not get discouraged we got to chest out move forward raven tell us uh, you do you have a podcast i do uh, it, it drops on Thursdays, but it's Raven's Radar, and I, I bring these frontline fighters right to the front. We're going to tell you how we're going to do it, verbs and the sentences. Check out Raven's Radar every Thursday. Former congressional candidate and political strategist Raven Harrison, we always love having you on. Come back anytime. Have a great week. We love it. Thank you so much. The Hammer Nigel Show. Jerry Lopez is filling in for Jason Hammer. That's uh, at Indie Spanglish on uh, X. Can I, are we done with Twitter? I, I don't have know. You, have you transitioned to Twitter? I still have the Twitter. I still have the Twitter bird. I still have all you that. Do, so. But, but so, so you haven't transitioned yet. You haven't transitioned from Twitter to X yet. Uh, to I, saying X. I am not. My pronouns are still tweet. <laughs> I love it. Okay, have you, I know you've hosted a show with Hammer before when I've been gone. Have you ever played Is It Racist? Uh, I have not played Is It Racist. Really looking forward to this one. It's time to play Is It Racist? Now, Jerry, since you're relatively new to the show and the station, um, I I realize you might not know how to play Is It Racist. Here is AOC on, on how to play Is It Racist. Is it racist? Is something racist, yes or no? Okay, fairly simple. Easy, easy enough, yeah, right? fairly simple. Yeah, Jamie Fox, very famous actor, uh, who was recently just got over a horrible illness. Yeah, they, they said he was like shut down for a month, and we don't really still know what happened. He hasn't been very forthcoming on the specificities. Is that a word? Yeah, the, I, uh, the, Ill, the specifics. I, I know online people are throwing around the jab. Uh, oh, that, yeah. But that's going to be thrown around with anything. Dude, I, I swear, yeah. every time somebody has a heart condition yeah. now, were they, actually, were they COVID? Was yeah, it first vaxxed? question, were they immunized? Um, yeah. But he's had to apologize already. This guy just come back battling life or death illness, put out on a social media post, and it was viewed as widely anti-Semitic. The Instagram post said, quote, they killed this dude named Jesus. What do you think they'll do to you? Now, on its face, it sounds like he's talking about 
the Jews. Yep, yep, definitely. Right? Yeah, yeah. So Jamie Foxx has pulled the post down, yeah. and he said in a statement that he knows what he said caused offense, that he's sorry. And he's also indicated the post was specifically referencing a friend who recently betrayed him. So then what do you apologize for? I guess he's apologizing if anybody missed, you know, they, when you use the word they, mm, sure. you know, any any minority group, when you use the word they, you got to be careful. I think right? you only apologize when you do something wrong, though. I think you come out and you say, I just did this for my friends. And if if what I said hurts you, then that's a you problem. Okay. That was not my intent. Fair I don't, don't think to answer your yes or no. I think that's a no. That's a, this is not racist. I don't think so. It all has to do with intent. Yeah. Like, what's in your heart? Yeah. Did he intend to offend Jewish people? And this people is me statement? believing what he is saying. This is about my friend who stabbed me in the back. Yes. Okay. I got someone else who's itching to get canceled. You ready for this? I got some uh, mood music here for you. You recognize this? I do. Grammy Award singer and writer Neo um, was speaking with this comedian. Name's Jess Hilarious. Ever heard of Jess Hilarious? Have no? not. Have not. Um, for for whatever reason, yeah, this was on some podcasts, and I think Neo's just itching to get canceled. Uh, he was talking about the issue of trans children. If your little boy comes to you and says, "Daddy, I want to be a girl," and you just let him rock with that, you just let right. He's five. Right. And where did he get that if from? If you let this five-year-old boy decide to eat candy all day, he's going to do that. Exactly. Like, when, when did it become a good idea to let a five-year-old, let a six-year-old, let a 12-year-old make a life-changing decision for themselves? Right. When did that happen? Right. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. I, I, I don't get What do you think? It sounds like such a basic idea. And, and there are teachers in a way of thinking that says that if a kid comes out to their teacher or says him and her at school... The parents should not be allowed to even know about it. I think the school has a responsibility to tell the parents. Absolutely. What you know? I always thought about that. What if this kid? What if you're a teenager and and you say you want to be a you know you're a boy and you want to be a girl? Don't tell my parents. But your parents would actually be receptive to that idea. I mean, I you know what I mean? Like they maybe the parents would lean into it. Not that I would or would recommend them doing that. If 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 I was a groomer or if I was somebody who was trying to do harm to children, I think one of the first things I would try to do is try to convince them that it's okay to keep secrets from their parents. Absolutely. That's that's scary stuff. That's some online If I can get you basement, to not tell your yeah. mom and dad that we're talking, then the groomer is going to you know, uh groomer's going to groom, man. There's a little bit more of a Grammy Award singer Neo talking about the issue of, of kids taking puberty blockers and hormone blockers. And to medicate these young kids that are 5, 6 growing up and knowing that it, it affects their brain. It affects their organs. It makes them sick. But they're not allowed to do drugs. They're not allowed to do alcohol. Right. We can medicate them. He can't them up. drive a car yet, but he can decide his sex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And again, without telling the parents. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's the the puberty blockers and the hormone stuff. Really, I, I'm glad this state made that stuff illegal. One hundred percent, and for the safety of those children as well. Absolutely, because the testimony a couple of weeks ago in front of that House committee uh, of the of the 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 girl that transitioned to a man was just totally heartbreaking. Regrets every second of it. And I, I think we're going to see more and more of that as as these people that did transition in the past year, two years, yeah. start to get a little bit older. We're going to hear a lot more of these stories on. Um, one more a cancellation story. Oh boy, this is this is a rough one. Get ready, Jerry. 
a NASCAR driver, Noah Gragson, suspended indefinitely from his uh, NASCAR team after he appeared to click like on an insensitive George Floyd photo. It was a meme with George Floyd's face on it. I don't, I'm, I'm not even sure what it said or what it meant, but apparently this NASCAR driver clicked like, mm-hmm. and for the sin of clicking like on a negative George Floyd meme, he is canceled, done probably with his career in NASCAR. No comment, just liked it. No comment. Just, yeah, just a like. You got to be careful what you like these days. I mean, because like, just for liking something, you can be canceled I'm or fired. S- I'm such a sports enthusiast, enthusiast, and it's, uh, I got to be, I've never heard of this guy. So yeah. It'd be a shame that this guy lost his livelihood over liking a post that really most people didn't even notice. Remember, uh, what was it, a year or two ago? Na- I mean, NASCAR's a woke organization. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's gone, yeah. It's, it's, it's done, and... The you know Bubba Wallace had that uh, supposedly somebody tied a noose in his garage. Yeah, but it, it was a pull down. It was just yeah. a pull yeah. down for the garage door. They sent like twenty seven FBI agents <laughs> to go look at this garage pull great, down. Great use of yeah. uh, federal dollars to go investigate a pull down at NASCAR. Now the curious thing here um, before we hit a break, uh, or actually we're going to get to news and then the chicks on the right is that Elon Musk tweeted this out. Now I don't know if this has directly anything to do with this NASCAR driver cancellation, but he said, quote, if you were unfairly treated by your employer due to posting or liking something on this platform, we will fund your legal bill. No limit. Please let us know. How awesome is that? Wow. There How you go. awesome is that? I know there are. A, is it retroactive? Because I know there's a <laughs> lot of people yeah, right now. A lot of people lining up for that. Nigel show. We'll go straight to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Mock from the Chicks on the Right. Chicksontheright.com. Mock, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Well, I, I'm actually, I wanted to ask you about this article you wrote, uh, Chicks on the Right, about how you think the DeSantis campaign seems doomed. Just kind of get your initial thoughts, your overall big picture on how Ron DeSantis has been doing these past few months and why you wrote that article. Well, um, I probably wrote it just out of sheer frustration, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Because you're a big Ron DeSantis supporter. Well, I have been, you know, since way before it was even a thing. Um, And, so, you know, way back in my radio days. (laughs) Um, And so I've always thought that he would have made he would make a fantastic president if if he leads the country as if he leads Florida. I I don't know how any conservative argues that. And it's it's interesting to, to me, most of all, I guess, to see how people have turned on him simply because he had the audacity to think he might be a good candidate for president. And somehow all these people who think Trump is just supposed to be coronated, um, (laughs) they are mad at him for betraying Trump, which I just find to be a ridiculous argument. They feel Um, like Trump got him the governorship of Florida. He was, you know, Trump always says he was a nobody before I endorsed him. (laughs) And so therefore he needs to be loyal to Trump and bow out and support him for president. That's 
the argument, which I just find utterly ridiculous. Right. I mean, so so sure, Trump, you know, Trump endorsed a lot of people. So does that mean that none of those people are ever allowed to to go their own way to believe that they might be the best fit as a leader of the country? I just don't see why that's expected. And so I think this whole loyalty argument is so gross because Trump, you know, Trump supported DeSantis. DeSantis also supported Trump. And DeSantis has done a remarkable job as governor. I don't know why that's even in question right now. And that's what I find so sad is that all the people that loved DeSantis as much as I did and have loved him um, as governor are now doing to him exactly what they complained was done to Trump. And so I just I think that's gross. I just don't like it. And so do you think because the article, the title of your article there, chicks on the right dot com was DeSantis campaign seems doomed. Does it seem yeah. does it seem doomed because of something DeSantis is doing wrong or does it seem doomed because of what you just described and how the Trump supporters are behaving? Well, if it's if it, I think it's the latter, and I think if people try to say, "Nah, it's because DeSantis is doing something," I would love to know what that something is. But all I keep hearing is that his just very presence in this race is somehow a slight against Trump, and I just don't buy that. I mean, if you look at what DeSantis has actually accomplished, he's been the most effective governor, conservative governor in the country, and so the reason I think his campaign is doomed is because. Because Trump doomed it and his followers are mm. so absolutely loyal to him that now it's gotten to be and I gave an example of this in the post like it's so ridiculous that Trump can crash a wedding at Bedminster Golf Course and everybody praises him and thinks yeah. it's adorable yeah DeSantis crashes a wedding in Iowa and people are, are ripping on him for trying to upstage the bride and groom I mean it's that it's that obvious you know what I mean the the two sides yeah. is, is just so obvious. Let me let me play you some audio here from DeSantis at a town hall recently in New Hampshire, and, and give, give me your thoughts on that. Follow up for you, Governor. You get on that debate stage with Donald Trump, and he starts to belittle you. How are you going to respond? So here's the thing: these insults are so phony. These insults are juvenile. That is not the way a great nation should be conducting itself. That is not the way the President of the United States should be conducting himself. So I enjoy the debate. You know, the people in New Hampshire have been great. They're opinionated. Let's have those debates about the issues. I'm not going to insult somebody, somebody's looks or somebody's dress or something like that. Uh, I wouldn't teach my kids to treat people like that. We have a six, five and a three year old. We teach our kids to treat people the way you would want to be treated uh, yourself. And then he goes on to, I mean, basically go directly after Trump on policy. And he's also right. reminding voters that Trump's behavior is really one of the reasons why the GOP loses, especially yeah. when that red wave was, was supposed to come through that never happened. Exactly. And by the way, I was one of the few people who was like, from the get-go, this red wave is not happening. <laughs> I mean, I said that more times than I could count. People were like, you're crazy. No, that's not, of course there's going to be a red wave. No, because, and, and that's exactly right. I think what DeSantis said in that clip was 100% right. And I think it bothers people that he's trying to be the grown-up in the room, because for whatever reason, 
I, I guess, you know, Trump's supporters, so many of them are like, yeah, this should be a, a knockdown, drag out, ugly, mean spirited, name calling fight. I don't know why we want that. I don't. I've never liked that. And have I laughed at it in the past when it's been against leftists? Yes. But I, the ugliness has just gotten so dumb and it's not helpful. And the people that were turned off by Trump for that reason in the first yeah. go around are certainly not with him now. It's even worse. And I, I do think it would help DeSantis if he could branch out in terms of other things I, instead of just, you know, pointing out that he battles wokeness in Florida. Right. Maybe sort to explain some of the other things that he's done um, because it's not, I, I don't think, and you would probably agree, he can't just run off his policies in Florida. His woke, his woke, ba- his woke battles. I guess I should put it that right. way. Right, right, and you're right. He can't just run on like the woke fights. But the great news is that he can run on his other policies, which have put Florida at the top of the country yes. when it comes to education, when it comes to crime, when it comes to taxes, when it comes to how they've managed the economy. So he doesn't have to rely on woke issues. That's a bonus. I mean, the fact that he's willing to to, sure. to fight is a bonus. But I mean, I think his his record is phenomenal on its own. I'm, I'm really hoping that he means it and that Gavin Newsom means it when they say that they're going to have a debate oh, on the awesome. show. Oh, my God. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, I was listening to you and Daisy earlier this morning, and you were talking about this poll that says people aren't going to vote for Trump if he's in prison. Or if he's indicted, is that what did you think? What did exactly that poll say, and and how how did people react? Well, it was interesting because on our show on Friday, we were talking about like just the logistics of what it would look like if Trump is running his campaign and goes to prison, and like how does that work? How does the pardoning work? And I just genuinely didn't know. And so the Daily Mail did an article over the weekend where they were kind of laying out how this could potentially work. And one of the things that they laid out in there was Trump's support. Right now, he's looking at like 53%, I believe, of the Republican Party is in support of him, but that number drops according to them. Now, you know, I don't trust polls as far as I can throw them, but according to this poll, they were saying that number goes down if he is, in fact, convicted of these crimes, and then down further if he actually gets sentenced to prison. And so, I don't know if that's true. I I have no reason to think that some of his most loyal supporters are going to turn away from him for any reason. I mean, I think that they are they are in his camp no matter what. And my point in writing the article this morning is just to say, why is this as good as it gets for us? You know what I mean? Like, do we really deserve to have a president leading from jail? Is this what we've come to? Like, we couldn't yeah. do any better than two 80-year-olds? Seriously? <laughs> I'm just so, I'm like so disillusioned by all of it, especially when I look at how strong the rest of the GOP field is and how how easy it would be if Trump had just decided not to run, because that's not the the issue now isn't about um, Trump supporters coming over to another candidate. They're not gonna, right. which is why I right. also think DeSantis's uh, campaign is doomed. He and everybody else is doomed because Trump supporters are Trump supporters, period, the end. However, if Trump had decided early on to throw his support behind anybody else, we would be looking at an act actual win in the general yeah. and an actual 
president who can lead from the White House and not prison. Uh, Mock from the Chicks on the Right. Sports radio host. This guy's name is Michael Source, but he goes by the name Don Geronimo. Wacky radio name. He he, uh, he was fired by iHeartRadio Sunday for what they say was a sexist remark he made towards a uh, female reporter at uh, Washington Commander's training camp. Here is a little bit of that audio. Hey, look, Barbie's here. <laughs> Hi, Barbie girl. Hi there. Hi. While broadcasting live on Thursday, the two men made offensive and derogatory comments on the air. So the guy got fired. This woman walks by and she's like, hey, Barbie, she looks like Barbie. Or maybe she's a cheerleader. I don't know. Some other guy says cheerleader. The woman they were referring to was very offended, said it was one of the most offensive things she's heard in her 17 year career. Do you think the guy should have got fired? Absolutely not. In fact, we did an entire deep dive episode about this uh, this weekend. Just cannot believe that somebody lost. A, actually, two people were fired. I think it was him and the co-host slash producer. They both got fired yeah. because of that ridiculous. I mean, that if that is what upset this Barbie girl <laughs> I mean, in it, the most in her 17 years of sports casting, wow, has she been fortunate. So we were instantly irritated because I would have, of course, been completely complimented. I would have been like, oh, my God, thank you so much. You think I look like Barbie? Oh, my God. I would have been, I would have taken it as a complete compliment. Okay. The cheerleader thing, the same. And so I just don't understand why if a, if a strong woman, who has been a professional journalist in sports for 17 years, if she is so, in fact, strong, why this is what gets her. I mean, if if anything, her being like, oh, my God, that was so offensive and so irresponsible or or whatever, that weakens her. I would have way preferred to have been – I would have so much preferred to have seen her just be like, oh, my God, they're just being juvenile scares. Just – and banter back with them. You know how Daisy and I are with you guys. Please, yes. we we've called each other everything. It's been fine, and that's actually some of what makes a workplace really fun is that that kind of banter. And so it's just I cannot believe people are losing their jobs over something like that. Um, about a minute and a half or so left with Mock from Chicks on the Right. Any thoughts about the U.S. women's soccer team being eliminated from the the World Cup and Megan Rapino having the chance to win and she failed with that missed goal with the shootout. I think that's just delicious karma in action. (laughs) And I don't like to be in a position where I have to root against my own country in any way. But, man, do those women make it easy to do that. They are such ungrateful hags. And so you get what you get, right? I mean, they. this is what... This is what you get, and it was a joy, frankly, to see Megan Rapino crying. I thought that was great. <laughs> well, when they asked her, they they asked her after the game, "What's your most memorable moment from your time here at the at the World Cup?" She said that I got equal pay. Right. I mean, that's what that's her big takeaway. Oh Maybe my she god, she was concentrating. Insufferable. <laughs> Just awful. Maybe awful concentrating women. on the wrong things there at the World Cup. What are you working on at <laughs> chicksontheright.com? And and when can people well, see your show? 
They can always tune in live if they'd like to watch or listen live on basically every social media platform that there is at 7.30 a.m. Eastern, YouTube, Getter, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Locals, Rumble, everywhere. Um, or they can listen on demand or watch on demand any old time they want on those same channels. Excellent. Mock Chicks on the right. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Thank you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.